the Topic of Choice podcast. This podcast is focused on the fun, whether it be technology, movie reviews, pop culture, or anything else that catches our fancy. Each week, the host, Joey Police, discusses the topic of choice with different guests. They'll dive deep into their personal and professional views and takes on the subject of the podcast, and sometimes the state of the world. However, the host and the guests won't take any topic too seriously. What a great change to today's world of podcast. So if you're looking to have a little variety in your weekly listening routine, then hit the subscribe button and rate us. And now, here is Joey Police. Welcome back to another episode of the Topic of Choice podcast. I'm your host, Joey Police. Thank you for listening. I thought that that music would be fitting for tonight. Does anyone recognize that music? It's like Huntsman music, but I, I don't know what it's from. It's and Kenny, Shannon, nothing. Wow, I mean, it's the beef. It's what's for dinner music. Oh yes, 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 yes. Circa nineteen ninety three. Sorry, commercial. it was a commercial. That's it right. It was before my time. That's really. It That's, was yeah. yeah. I probably, but it was Sam Neill, mm-hmm. big mustache guy. He actually went in, into the uh, mustache Hall of Fame recently. I didn't know there was one. As you do when you have a majestic stash like that. <laughs> you do. Oh gosh, guys, welcome, Hunter. Yeah, uh, we producing in the back. Hi, Hunter. Hey, Joey, how are you, man? So uh, tonight we have Kenny Mills and his wife Shannon joining us in the studio. And Kenny, welcome. Thank you, appreciate it. Yep, and this is kind of li- like we did the radio show, and you've been gracious enough to stay for the podcast here. <clears throat> and the topic tonight is beef. How to serve it. Turns out it's quite the art. It is absolutely an art, which is why I wanted to talk about it. I mean, I knew it was interesting before when I saw the pictures, but then you hear the process and you're like, this is far more involved than I thought. But at the same time, not that difficult when you really break it down. Right. Totally agree. It's uh, easier than you would think once you get started. The taste, though, is what blew me away. I, I When I heard that Garrett was bringing you in to talk about dry aged beef, I'd never really had what quote unquote was dry aged beef. I, I like beef. I like steak. I like burgers. This has now set the bar. Yeah. So I mean, if you've eaten at a fine restaurant, you probably had the, like we talked about on the radio show, 20 day, 25 day aged. Right. Not a lot of flavor change on that. Just mainly tenderness. So let me ask you this. Let, let's, let's start first. How did you get into this? Uh, so got into it, um, by going to Tony's restaurant, a buddy of mine, Justin, Tackett took me and my wife there for our birthday. And uh, when I ate that, I was like, I've never made a steak like that. Because I do cook, I smoke, I grill, uh, all those kind of things. Uh, I feel I'm one of the best. Uh, I love my food. Everyone that has it loves it. So I try to be a perfectionist. And uh, I typically don't eat out much because I like my food uh, so much. I feel like I'm wasting my money when I go to all these restaurants. But when I was at Tony's, I was like, holy crap, I've never made a steak like that. So Tony's has the kind of steak that... 
Do they tell you how old it? How, how I've I've not seen that on their website, and theirs might not be aged as long as this. Yeah, but it just tastes so good. I knew that I had not made something like that. So and that's Tony what says, got me into it. To say Tony's has a lot of great stuff. Their crab cake, by the way, might be the best crab cake I've ever had in my life. Yeah. and it's in Lexington, Kentucky, of all places. Really, but their mashed potatoes, even oh, everything man. they make is really good. Oh man, yeah. but yeah. Steaks really, really good. So you got into it at Tony's. Got into it because uh, after that I left and I was, uh, you know, because typically never go to restaurant. Now you can't be satisfied again, right? right can't be right. satisfied because whenever I leave a restaurant, I'm like, ah, I actually make that better. Yeah. Or, or my wife makes that better, or I make that better. Whether it's a side, whether it's macaroni and cheese, whether it's cornbread, whether it's anything, green beans, baked beans. I'm like, I make it better. And I've not had a steak like that, and I, it kind of made me mad a little bit, to be honest with you. Are there any restaurants, Shannon, that you you like to go to that you're like, you know what? Let's just, you know, if you have your druthers, do you want to go out? Where are you going? If we go out with a crowd, I suggest something like Chili's because there's a little something for everyone. Yeah. Okay. And chips uh, and salsa. I mean, right. right. You know. Also, people sleep on Chili's ribs. They're, they're pretty good. They actually really are. They yeah. Very good. Yeah, yeah. Very delicious. But if you're going to go out and you really want to celebrate and you want to do it upright, Tony's is yeah. a really good place. Oh, man. Yeah. Their drinks are great. <laughs> Yeah, they are. They have a good salad. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it is all really good. It is a paycheck, but yeah. it is all really yes. good. Yes. Well, there's, you know, you, you there's a price you pay for the price you pay. Yeah, and, and you, you know, you're getting you're getting your money's but worth. You won't leave disappointed. <clears throat> you, you won't, won't leave. You won't I've, leave Tony's disappointed. I've been to Tony's once, and it was about two years ago. Uh, for an anniversary with my parent or my parents' anniversary, and we all went great experience. But I don't remember. I don't remember what I had. Obviously, you didn't have to try edge steak. <clears throat> no, I did not. Because it would have stood out to you. Yeah. I think I had risotto or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway, uh, Kenny, back to you. So, we now, getting into this, let's start from the basics. And, and I want to look at it from the perspective of the amateur. Um, let's say that I want to try one making one of these. Yes. Okay? Walk me through a process of where am I, how do I start, where do I get it? Yeah. I have no idea. So you need to start with a primal or subprimal, just a big, huge chunk. I use ribeye. Uh, you can also dry age filet or New York strip. Uh, I do ribeye. Uh, it has more fat on it, so that helps you not lose as much and get as much scrap, the extra fat cap around it. Now, if you're really going to do it right, find somebody that uh, owns a farm, and when they go to butcher the cow, you can have them, you can tell them leave the full fat <clears throat> cap on. Because yeah. what you buy at the store has fat on one side, but not always full. The other side is not a full fat cap. So at that point, you have a lot more scrap. So the best one I ever did, I got from a local farm. Uh, they took it and got it butchered, and they told the butcher to leave the full fat cap on. I had practically no waste, and it was absolutely amazing. Um, but and that fat, a little harder to do. That fat that's laid around, that gives it a lot of the flavor, right? Well, well, the fat um, helps give it a lot of flavor, but you just for, for this purposes, the fat on the outside is mainly just for not losing it's like a protective scrap. Shield. like a protective shield. Okay. Now, that, well, that fat's what gave those burgers the flavor that oh, you had, man. though. Was the fat. So the fat is what gave the burgers the flavor. It doesn't give as much to the steaks, the fat on the outside. You're not... It's, it's just on the outside, but it protects that steak. So my fa I'm, I'm speaking now to my father-in-law who's going to be listening at some point, I know, because he'll want to hear this episode. Yeah. So my father-in-law has cattle. And oh, wow. he's, he's, and, and he's a beef guy. Oh, wow. So okay. the, the whole reason I wanted to really, one of the main reasons is because I would love to try this, you know, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and let him, let him try it as well. He slaughtered one of his cows okay. and divvied it up between his daughters and the families and such. And yeah. I got to tell you, it tasted completely different than a store bought beef. Yes. Right. So are you going, if we get this type of beef, if he were to slaughter one and we get the type of, of cut that you're talking about, yeah. it's going to taste 
I mean, have you seen that before? Yeah. So it'll even taste different than what you had tonight. Okay. That's why your premium, premium, premium steakhouses, they get specific cattle from specific breeds and they only use that specific breed. So there really is different taste uh, to that. They always Uh, talk about that happy cows taste better as like it's a joke. I don't think it is. It's kind of like a free range chicken versus a, you know, uh, versus a giant farm chicken. That's right. It actually does taste better. Even the, even the milk and cheese from those animals are totally different. Absolutely. It matters. You're comparing grass fed to grain fed. Mm -hmm. You're comparing hormones. Just so many factors. Yeah. What does stress do to the human body, right? What yeah. Is, what does stress do on those animals that are? Yeah, that's a good point. Close that's a good I mean, point. Look at you know the president or Coach Cal, how they age so quick with you know, stress. <laughs> so. <laughs> so let me let me bring it back to beef here. I'm starting out. I get my cut. I'm going to Costco, Sam's type of place. Yeah. Um, personally, I do Costco. Okay. Um, I've done Critchfield. I've done Kroger before. Uh, Costco tends to have, a, in my opinion, a better selection. Um, prices are strong at all the places, pretty similar, but it's like the actual selection at Costco. And the main thing, I've also switched to- You know a guy at Costco? You like wink, wink at Tim over there? Well, like, I actually hey, know the general manager, the store manager. Okay. But it doesn't do me any good, though. But actually, I don't, I don't get any benefit okay. from that. Okay. Well. But they have prom. And uh, okay. prom beef is what I 100% prefer to do. That's the marbling y'all had tonight and the beef was prom. A lot of the places I've been to, they normally don't stock prom just because it's, mm. so ex- it's more expensive. And yeah. they, they don't, I mean, not a lot of call for it. They don't have a lot of volume. They don't like actually that, turn I'm it sure. over enough. So they're yeah. having the discount it maybe or something. Okay. But Costco I've never went out there where they did not have prom in stock. Now you have a dedicated fridge. Yes. This is a fridge that you use for your beef. Correct. Um, the majority listening, if they want to try creating this type of, of aged beef, yeah. we're not going to have that. Right. So you were talking earlier about a, a type of bag yes. that would suffice. Yes. So um, there's well, a brand called. Can you describe the, the refrigerator you use first? Okay, yeah. Just so yeah. people have context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I used uh, just a traditional French door fridge. So freezer on bottom, fridge on top. The double door opens up. So just a big wide open area. Uh, I've taken the crisper drawers out. So I've got three shelves that I use. So I can uh, house three big uh, ribeyes. Kind of evenly at one time. spaced, so you can yeah, put three evenly okay. spaced. Uh huh. So that's what I use. Um, now uh, we didn't talk about this earlier because a little bit less time. But my fridge, we talked a little bit about. I don't have. I don't have the as, as high humidity as I would prefer. Yeah. Humidity was something we got into, yeah. but yeah. So what happens is, um, I have a traditional fridge, which has one evaporator getting kind of nerdy on this place, but one evaporator, which means it's down in the freezer that just sucks out the moisture to make zero degree freezer air. It's a lot drier air than the moist, humid 35, 37 degree fridge air. So what happens is if you were to have a dual evaporator refrigerator, which you can still buy for 1100 bucks and up, uh, so it, it looked just like my fridge, just a different brand, different style. Then you get higher humidity because you have the actual fridge does not share air with the freezer. So your regular fridge at home, yeah, your fridge is 37 degrees, but that's because enough zero degree air is pushed into that fridge. That air is very dry. Like you walk outside in the wintertime, it's real cold, dry, dry mm. skin, right? Right. So uh, a little bit hotter, hotter, or not hot air, but just if it's not as cold, not as, not as cold. So if it's 35, 37 degree air, it's a lot more humid and moist. So that way you have a higher humidity level. So... Regular fridge, just keep in mind, uh, so the one I used in order to, to aid in my humidity, because I was only floating around 30% humidity, and uh, the experts with the big uh, restaurants and stuff, they say you typically want about 75 to 85% humidity. Um, I will actually keep, uh, now that I've uh, 
so so 30 percent wasn't good so now i keep uh sponges with water in bowls yeah and constantly keep adding to that to let it kind of evaporate into the air just kind of a constant monitor on that just to keep it yes that, something okay. we didn't bring up earlier but i did just off amazon bought a little temperature uh like a hum- humidity monitor yeah, or it's about the size of like half my phone yeah and it shows the temperature and it shows the humidity like a, like a cigar humidor. Yes. Okay. So it's, it shows current temperature and what it has been in the last 24 hours, and then it shows current humidity and what it has been in the last 24 hours. Gotcha. But now I've gone from 30%, now I'm getting about 65 to 70% humidity just by adding the bowls Where the of water. the industry says you should be. Where? The industry says, yes, yeah, 75 to 85. So if I'm going to Chicago, a Chicago steakhouse or a New York steakhouse, where 70, are they? It's probably 75 to 85. 75 to 85. In general. Okay. Um, I did read one... Um, Who's the uh, chef that goes on and berates people? Um, uh, you Gordon Ramsay. Gordon yes. Ramsay. So his restaurants, they said, <laughs> they keep it theirs at less than 50%. Mm, okay. And they, but everyone else that I've re- read about keeps it at 75 Why would there be an advantage? What, what would the humidity in terms of between 50 and 80, what would you see in terms of difference? So what happens, um, also, and this is just me putting two and two together. He said in their, in their restaurants, they stop the dry aging process at 21 to 25 days. So like we talked about earlier, um, most restaurants, if they do, are 21 to 25. So if you have a 50% humidity and you go 65 days, like the steak you had tonight, that thing's going to shrivel up to hardly anything. Well, since they're stopping at 21 to 25 days, they can have a lower humidity. It doesn't matter as much. Not as much to them. Yeah. Because what, what they're doing, and but also with them, they, they actually weigh their meat constantly. Mm-hmm. And once it's reached 30% moisture loss, that's when they pull it. So 50% humidity gets them to 30% moisture loss huh. faster, but they're also stopping at 21 days, which yeah. is not where you're getting as much of that deep, rich flavor y'all had, more of that nutty flavor, like, like a real uh, high-end cheese has. Mm-hmm. That's what y'all had tonight. Yeah. So that takes more like the 45 to 60 days, which is why typically other places that serve that longer dry-aged beef have theirs at 75, 85% humidity. Are you, sh- go ahead. You were talking earlier about how... Um, you, uh, there's certain day marks that kind of matter to yes. me. Can you kind of explain that again? Yeah. So, and honestly, like we talked about earlier, trial and error. So when I very first did this, um, at the 14 day age point, I pulled half of a ribeye out, just cut it in half and then put the other half in. Cause at 14 days, that's when you reach just about reach your maximum tenderness. Okay. So if you're mainly just one at tender. Yeah. 14 days and you're good. Okay. So we did 14 days, cut it, grilled it. I didn't did, I think 21 days. So one more week. Mm-hmm. Grilled it, didn't tell much of a taste difference. So the first 14 days are about texture, and then you move on, and the next time is about flavor? Once is you that hit, right? Yeah, so around 21 to 28 days is when you get a little bit more of that flavor kicks in. It's not strong and bold like you had here, but maybe like the masses palate maybe can't take that as much. Kind of like with some of the restaurants. Yeah. yeah. If, if they're serving something spicy, it might not be as spicy as you make it. Well, this is a but rich steak. Rich, I mean, for, right. this is, it is extremely rich. It is. I can understand how other people, maybe somebody might be off put. Right. I am not. So imagine, that, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But imagine having that in a restaurant so expensive, someone's off put by it, and now you just had to waste that steak. Oh, what that's is, why a lot of those restaurants stop at that 20, yeah. 25. You send that steak back and you got. Plus the turnover. This is a lengthy yeah. process. Yeah. You have to be very patient. You have to do a lot of planning ahead. Yeah. So 21 days, you can still have a great turnover for your restaurant. That's and right. Churn and burn yeah. kind of thing. It's commercial. Yeah. What is the, what is the point of no return? How, how long is too long? I've watched videos where uh, they've dry aged a, a year uh, before and um, the people that tasted it said it was horrible. <laughs> so, and I've watched some other videos where they've done, you know, 120 day and still it was just a stronger flavor. So from what I've 
seen. I mean, 60-65 is probably as far as I want to go. But uh, if you went to 120, 125, you should have a lot of viable steak where it's still going to be just a, a, even a richer, richer, stronger flavor. But that f- 45 to 60 is all is perfect for me. And I've okay. tried all the different. You know, yeah. And that's probably one of the I, a top three best steaks I've ever had. Appreciate it. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. Thank you. And I mean, I've been to, I've been to New York. I've been to Chicago. I've had great steaks and it it is it's amazing. Yeah. Just the amount of flavor. Yeah. That's almost condensed. Every is, bite is, is every. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is an experience to a certain degree. And it's and the burger, too, was just the burger. Yeah. The burger. So let's talk about that first. Yeah. Time. So the burger. Um, I mean, I've got a buddy of mine at work uh, that's had the Wagyu burger at a place here in town, and he's like that burger. He liked this burger <laughs> like way better. Place in town. Way better than their $26 Wagyu burger, you know? Right, right. Yeah. But, but the beautiful part about the burger is it's the trimmings that you aren't using off the steak anyway. You take that fat that mm-hmm. you would potentially throw in the garbage, yeah. and now you grind it up and you add it to, you can add it to traditional store-bought hamburger, uh, but you're not like going to get as much of that blend flavor. Or, uh, how would you do that? You want to cal- you want to use your calculation. So when you're at the, if you're buying store bought burger, I would I would recommend buying a lean like a ninety ten, mm-hmm. and then you would add about twenty percent more fat to end up with a actual seventy thirty. Okay. Now the reason these burgers tasted so good is I ground my own steak, so there was no ten percent regular traditional fat in it. The only fat you tasted was complete dry aged fat. So I was talking with Shannon on a break that we had earlier. You know, how do you, again, going back to someone like myself, for example, and she was saying, you have an industrial grade grinder, like something you would find at a butcher store. Commercial. A commercial grade. Yeah, commercial grade. Grinder. Got it at Cabela's. So, I mean, it's, you know, 354 and 50 bucks. So, it's not like what exactly. But that's like an investment. Like processing that's, a deer or something right. like that. That's what, that's what those before. are. Right. Now, okay. but before that, to be very fair, before that, most people, a lot of people um, uh, do have KitchenAid mixers in their house. Yeah. Just kind of. That's what I one. use for the first year and a half. Okay. They have okay. a little attachment. All you do is buy the attachment, put on the end of it, and you grind it. just takes a longer. Like the sausage. Okay, there yeah, you that, go. That's, that's, all, that's all you got to do. Okay, I've got that's that. All, then, okay. Then you're, you, you can make dry-aged burgers. All right. You're all right. good. So walk, walk me through that. So again, from the, from, from the, the amateur, what, what do we use to grind something like that up? A KitchenAid? Oh, just a KitchenAid mixer, the classic KitchenAid mixers. And there's an attachment yeah. that, you, that you put the... the now, if you don't with. have a KitchenAid mixer, don't go spend $300 right, on right. and get that. Then just, <clears throat> just actually buy an actual grinder instead. Okay. But a lot of people already have that KitchenAid mm-hmm. mixer at the house. So you buy a little attachment goes on the front, and that'll allow you, like uh, Garrett was saying, to make sausage. But what you do with this is shove the fat down in there and the yep. beef and it grinds it into hamburger grade. And something hamburger I noticed fat. when I tried the burger was the, the detail that you had to the bun, you caramelized the inside of the bun. Yeah. Butter uh, toasted. Butter toasted. And it was a, was it a potato bun? That was actually a brioche. Brioche. Okay. Brioche, yep. You want, you want a good solid bun. The, Something yeah. the that bun can hold on to the makes juices. The burger. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't fall apart in your um, yeah. hand. Yeah, absolutely. I think the bun is, is if you have a bad bun, you have a bad yeah. burger. My favorite usually is either the brioche okay. or I do a pretzel bun. And if I do a pretzel oh. bun, I use beer, beer cheese. cheese and bacon on it. Oh, and man. it's out of this world. Okay. I like plain world. cheeseburgers and that sounds amazing. <laughs> oh, <Yes>. man. <laughs> and if you tried this burger, folks. Oh my gosh. Just yeah. think about it with bacon and, and beer cheese is yeah. insane on another level. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm actually, I mean, so, so my, my entrepreneurial mind is going right now. I, uh, you know, I do websites as a, as a, as a side, uh, uh, hustle, hustle. Thank you. And, you know, there's absolutely a market, I think, for, for what you do. Whether and I'll, it's, come, I'll come photograph the steaks a, and the burgers. But it's such a labor of love. <laughs> I know. Like, and that's, do it for your, like. That's exactly right. Yeah. How, you know, and do, you know, it, it, when, so, when so, it turns to work, it changes well, it. Talk about how your, your 
taking in some other meat for other people. Right. So I I just love this. It's a hobby. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fun. I love the meat, love the food. So um the refrigerator is going anyway. There's space available. Yeah. So, for example, your best steakhouses, if you go look, they have their own dry uh, lockers. They've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pieces of beef because what they do is they kind of feed off each other. You'll get the good bacteria, the good molds that build, and they share and share. Um, so, um, that's that's definitely even better than what I'm doing because I've only got three at a time in there. But I try to keep it full. But myself personally, I don't want to spend $230 for times three right. all the time contingently. So uh, what I do is uh, any of my friends, anybody on Facebook I'm friends with, I put on there, hey, I've got spots in the dry ager, bring a ribeye, I'll dry age it for you. Because what that'll do is it keeps the keeps the fridge full. Like my wife just said, it's already running anyway. It keeps it full. If I've got one in there myself, the other two help feed off each other. It just helps out with that. And the only thing I charge per se, I don't really charge, is I'll just keep the trimmings sure. off of their steaks that I'm going to make my dry aged burgers with. Okay. So I don't mind doing it for people. It takes me an hour, hour and a half. Uh, a win-win to, for everybody right. involved. Actually, I don't mind slicing it for them and doing this and doing that. It takes a little, you know, hour of my time to slice it and do this and that. But I don't. It's fun. You know, it's a fun thing. But it's, it's once you work. put in there, you got a sixty-day wait, and you just yeah. get to sit there and watch yeah, this meat exactly. kind of. You know, and, and can you can you can you break down again how it sits there? Just kind of yeah. How does yeah. it sit? And what what it sits over some salt. And there's too. some salt too, right? right? So um, we talk about my fridge. I have a regular French door. So inside of that fridge, I have a little fan. It's about four inches by four inches. It's a low speed fan. I got it off for fifteen bucks off Amazon or so. Uh, it sits on one of the shelves and just blows air continually through the fridge. Um, I do have uh, pink uh, pink Himalayan salt in there. I've got two containers of pink Himalayan salt. And then in the baking sheet beneath each one of the pieces of meat is also filled with salt. Uh, that salt helps give it a little bit richer flavor, but it also helps kill like uh, airborne bacteria. Uh, but as you were saying before, there's no actual contact. No contact the salt, salt to the, meat. the beef at all whatsoever. It, it's Correct. just about kind of a, 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 not contact flavoring, but like an atmospheric, atmospheric, atmospheric flavoring. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And um, we didn't talk about, so as far as storing the meat goes, literally just uh, two thirds size or full size sheet pans that have like, just a raised edge yeah. around yeah, yeah, them. Yeah. And they, an actual cooling rack. A rack on top. So of for example, I just, before I came on the show or earlier, I looked just to see like on Amazon, you can get for 35 bucks, you get the baking sheet and the rack together as a combo. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned, hey, if you just want to start doing it, right? 35 bucks for that. I uh, do recommend getting the fan. Well, you have to get a fan. That's 15 to 20 bucks for that. Um, and then just buying your pink Himalayan salt. And then, but you do have to have that dedicated fridge. Or we talked earlier about the UI bags. Right. Like, yes. Did we talk about that on this? Well, no, no go yeah. let, okay. yeah, let's so, talk about that. So that's an alternative to refrigerators. Yeah. yeah if, you, so, if you don't have a dedicated fridge for this, because you can't put this in with, you know, the tuna casserole leftovers in, and so exactly. on. Exactly. You'll have a piece of meat that you will not want to eat. Right. <laughs> right. So uh, if you're the person that does not have that dedicated fridge, uh, that's where there's a company called UMAI, it's U-M-A-I, that make what's called a dry aging bag. It basically acts like a membrane to go around that big piece of beef. So it allows moisture to escape, so you're not getting all moldy and nasty in there, but doesn't let anything in. So at that point, you would just be 15, 20 bucks for a fan, 35 bucks for a cooling rack, stick it in your regular fridge in your kitchen as long as you have room in there for it, and you can do exactly what you just had tonight. And do you have you to know, turn it and stuff? I mean, no, you would typically do it fat side up. Okay. Uh, and I just, you just let it, you just, that's it. Okay. Leave it alone. So that, it is like you were saying earlier, it's actually simple once you get past, you know, getting set up for it initially and getting over the fears of it or trying some of the, you know, uh, some of the failures at first. After that, it's simple. You put it in there and you leave it alone. 45 days later, 
uh, 50 days later, 55 days later, bring it out, slice it, and boom, you have what you had tonight. Is there an odor when you open the fridge up? Yes. Okay. Yes. It's a. It's not a foul odor. It's not a foul, but it is just kind of just a just an actual beefy, intense uh, smell. Yeah. I'm thinking, so the, the fridge that I'm thinking of that this would go in not only where, where I'm at, but several of my friends, you know, we, we've got a garage fridge. Yeah. yeah. You know? That that's yep. the 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 actual I call it fridge. Thanksgiving or Christmas fridge. Thank you, Garrett. Exactly. That's where I'm thinking something like this would go. Yeah. That's yeah. wife friendly. That's not going to take up the real estate in mm-hmm. in, in the primary residence of, of the fridge. So now I open it up, and you're saying it's not a foul smell, Shannon. It's it's, it's not a foul smell. It's just a very intense. It's probably pungent. Beef flavor. <laughs> okay. A little bit. Yeah. A little tart. Okay. But if you but, like beef. Yeah, it's kind of like well, again, and, it would be appealing. Yeah, I can tell you for, for you know those listening, this is so worth it. Oh my gosh, the <laughs> cut that that the it, flavor. It's just, I mean, it is such similarities to cheese or wine. It is yeah. in that you, you know, like I like wine. Like I would, I'm sure I'd like freshly pressed grape juice. But it is another thing when you have wine that is aged 20, 30 years. It is another thing when you have meat that is aged. 40, 60 days. Yeah. It's just a completely different experience. Yeah, this that's what it is. It's the experience. So so walk us through now, 45 days later, 60 days later. Yeah, 45 to 60. And now, the thing is, too, um, we did not cover this earlier. When you're buying that big ribeye, that big piece of beef, uh, thicker is better than longer, per se. Okay. So you want as big of a uh, diameter as you can get. Um, so... Uh, I get what you because if it's longer and it shrinks, you're, you're literally losing, getting to thinner. Yes. Thin, right. I get what you're saying, but if it's thicker, you yeah. still have a huge chunk in the middle, yes, kind of a exactly bigger mass. Yes. Okay. And um, but once that point, so say if I've uh, I just pulled off one for a uh, for a gentleman, I actually bought a Traeger grill off of him. We just started talking about it, and so that's a pellet grill, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh man, I've got one of those. Amazing. I've, I've got the green egg. I've got the Traeger. I've got two Holland grills. What's your opinion on so, that? Just well, we can get into that. Well, later. grill. Oh. I was going to say because right. I've got a Weber, and I, I I've spent some money on that. Yeah. You know, it's hopefully one of those ones I never have to buy yeah. again. But I, where does that stack in the? Is this going to get the job done? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're anyway. Good. It'll get the job done. Okay. Let, but, so as far as yeah. beef, once you pull it out, so his uh, his cut of meat that he brought me uh, was thinner. It was okay. not the thicker like we talked about. Yeah. So I stopped his at 45 days. Just so he didn't have excess shrinkage exactly. and loss. Correct. So 45 days is I stopped on that. Most of them I'll stop closer to 50 to, 50 to 60 days. 45 is plenty flavor though. 45 and what you had this at 65 tastes very, very similar. It's just a matter of the, and that's probably the intensity overall. And that's kind of like you talked about. It's more of a kind of an art as well. You can kind of feel the meat and see how firm it is to be able to Mm -hmm. see whether you should stop at 45 or 50 or 60 days. Kenny, what's it going to look like at 45 days? What am I, when I open it up? It looks like beef jerky. Okay. It looks, it's hard. Uh, It's got a shell around it. It literally looks. Kind of shriveled in on it. Shriveled up. It literally looks like, like a raisin jerky. kind of for me. Totally. So how much how much have we lost in mass, would you say? Typically you'll lose about twenty percent uh, to thirty percent moisture. Okay. So before you even slice it open. So literally just slab of meat to slab of meat. Uh, you will end up losing about at least 20% of, of, of the moisture. Of Which kind of makes you sad when you think about it, but then, but then you taste it's it. all about what you're getting. I know. Exactly. The it's price so you pay it. for the yeah. price you that's pay. That's right. Yeah. There it is. Now, that's before you slice it. Now, once you take that 20% loss, now on top of that, so, and we talked uh, before, so one of the ones, one of the ones that I actually, uh, actually tracked everything on was a 17 pound ribeye. Uh, what you started with. Well, I started with. After the sixty-five day point, ended up with thirteen point three pounds. So say, say that again for me. 
17 pound ribeye starting. Yep. yep. At the 65 day point, it was 13.3 pounds. Okay. So lost four pounds. Lost four pounds at $14 a pound. Yep. Okay. Thirteen nine nine a pound. Yeah, but you're just still, throwing away forty eight bucks. So literally, well, I, I wouldn't even say you're throwing that. it right. away. You're, you're gaining the experience of a forty five yeah. day aged. Beef. So once you taste it, that's when you won't care about throwing the money. Exactly. Away. Just, just like yeah. Gary said, yeah. Uh, so that was down to thirteen point three pounds. Of that, I had end up with eight pounds of good steak. Yeah. So like some of the pictures I showed you, the Prime yes. cuts. Yeah. Uh, you just legit. Perfectly pink, red, whatever, perfectly colored steaks. Ended up with eight pounds of that. Uh, so of the third, so thirteen point three ended up eight pounds. So there's five point three pounds of not steak of trimmings and and extra. Yeah, but the good part of that, at least, is what y'all mentioned was the burgers. How good the burgers were. Yes, three pounds of that was good trimmings that were usable for burger. Can, can, briefly, what is a good trimming versus a bad trimming? How how would I? I mean, yeah. So. You don't want the trimming that looks like beef jerky. <laughs> Correct. Okay. So, okay. So that very outer trimming. That's gone. So like a potato, you almost like kind of yeah. want to like just take the skin yeah. off of the thing yes. now, immediately. It, it will not make you sick. We did eat that. Yeah. First couple times I did it. Well, first it's time very, I threw it all away. I just, it's just not the dry. best tasting. Well, Is that kind of the. The texture. So, okay. so the very first time I did it, I threw it all away and yeah. I started thinking like, holy crap, I just threw away all that meat. I kind of want to just, I'd, I'd almost want to like chew it like beef jerky or ch- yeah, like a knot of, yeah. I mean, I, well, I used those trimmings yeah. the next time in burger did not, did not get sick. My buddy ate some. We did not get sick at all. Your whole family. <laughs> oh, did y'all eat too? Yeah. Okay, good for that. <laughs> so it doesn't make you sick. However, it's not going to be that juicy, tender burger yeah. that you like. So now that's why I only use the fat or the beef that's not beef jerky okay. type texture. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I noticed in that, that's the type of burger where you can take a bite and not worry about the bite. You know what I mean by that? Yeah. Some burgers you're going to get that piece of bone that they've missed. The you're going to, right. Yeah. This is a type of burger you can, you can, it's a professional burger. You can enjoy every single bite. It's one of it. I can tell you, I mean, from what you've given us tonight. Yeah. So you were talking earlier about how do you reduce one of the ways you can reduce shrinkage on, or, or just loss in general yeah. is by wrapping with a cheesecloth. Do you mind going through that one more time? Yeah. So, um, two ways would okay. be those Umai dry age bags. Okay. That we talked one. about. Uh, that actually reduces more loss than the cheesecloth. But you don't get the opportunity to inject it with all these flavors, right? right? So, because it's yes. packaged. So um, I do like the flavor a little bit better. Um, and I, I really think I can tell a difference. Um, so I take uh, cheesecloth and soak it in bourbon. Uh, so fully saturated, fully soaked. Wrap the big loin uh, pretty much twice. So it goes all the way around it twice. Uh, and then place that on that same rack we're talking about. So instead of being under just naked, it has the cheesecloth, bourbon soaked cheesecloth wrapped around it instead. And that flavor will soak into the into the beef. And that Man. also helps with humidity. That'll help with humidity, but it also helps with less waste. And then the least waste are those Umai dry age bags. And those are, if you can buy them on their website for about eight bucks. Do you um, use the Umai bags or because you have the fridge, you don't work, you don't you don't go that down that road? I started using the Umai bags um for everyone's else steak I've been doing okay. because it's less waste. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you're worried about, you're worried about perfecting flavor. They're worried about getting the best yield. Yeah. And so I just put one in my, for my own self about two weeks ago. And even though I had to, had the dry age bags, I did the bourbon soaked, bourbon soaked cheesecloth again. Before you put it in there? Yes. Okay. So, well, I, oh, you I, got the best of both worlds so that way. Wait. This one that you ate tonight 
is the bourbon soaked cheesecloth from you saw before on Facebook. Mm-hmm. What's in my fridge right now for me personally is bourbon soaked cheesecloth. Even though the other ones that have been in the fridge for other friends of mine are using the Umai dry age bags. Gotcha. But I, personally, I will probably only use Umai or the cheesecloth. I won't put it on there naked anymore just because of less waste. Yeah. Now okay. your big uh, restaurants, they typically just sit them on the shelves and that's fine. Um, Stop at that 20 day mark. You don't have to worry about it so much. Or if they're charging... 120 bucks, 150 bucks. That's for steak, also true. Then they're not worried about it, the waste either. Make right. it up on the back end. Right, right, right. 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 So I'm worried about the waste uh, as well as flavor both. Can you walk us through cooking it? Yeah. So um, my personal preferred method is when just what y'all had tonight uh, is I actually sous vide. So I'm not sure if you or your listeners listen. Let's give a quick explanation of sous vide. Okay. So sous vide is water bath cooking. Um, you basically uh, will use a vacuum sealed bag. So whether it's vegetables, uh, in this case beef, whether it's chicken, uh, you will vacuum seal that, put it in the water, and there's what's called a sous vide wand. Are we talking about putting like a- It's like, like a crock pot? pot. It's like a huge bowl or a cooking yeah, pot, so, right? So not, not necessarily doesn't have a to crock be. pot. It can be any vessel that will hold water. So the sous vide, you're, you're not buying the vessel, you're buying the wand, the wand. and the bags. And Is that have correct? own vessel, yeah. And you provide the vessel, gotcha. Yes. I okay. do, but- same thing on Amazon. They have sous vide vessels that are great because okay. they have a lid with a cutout for the wand. Okay. So for anyone getting started, go ahead and buy that. It's well, a if you don't mind, yeah. option. Yeah. If you don't mind spending the extra money. Yeah. Uh, in my house, I use just regular stock pots. Yeah. Or I've got big full size restaurant size pans that I'll use. Hotel pans. Ho- hotel pans. Um, so I just use whatever okay. gets hot enough to do that. And you were talking about a serious advantage to sous vide. Yeah. So with sous vide, um, just, yeah. you get perfect results, like literally perfect results because it is slow cooking. It takes about an hour to cook a piece of uh, meat, but it will hold up to four hours without changing its doneness. So if you set it for 129, 135, 145, well, 145, probably not a friend of mine, but if you set it for 129 to 131, then uh, it just holds it, holds up to four hours at that. And it's almost impossible to mess up. You, you just show up. up. You were right. saying earlier, you just go out and mow the grass, come yeah. back in an hour and a half, yeah. two hours. That blew me good. away. I never, yeah. I never thought that, that, I never thought of that before. And now, now you here's, can cook your sides like this too. You can cook do, yeah. greens. Yeah. Now here's what we didn't potatoes. talk about earlier because we ran out of time. Uh, prime example: um, five months ago, six months ago, which I'm horrible at. For me, for me, the other day could be last week or a year and a half ago. Yeah, but, I talked to you a minute ago. Is right. Last um, <laughs> yeah, I do that all the this time. This was Saturday night. We had a bunch of friends coming over. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I had the steak sous vide. Uh, the people that were there on the, were there when it started. Uh, I went ahead, pulled some steak out. Seared it like I did this one. Uh, you can sear on a cast iron just, skillet. Just finish it on the outside. Finish like it on a little butter. It, yeah, well, finish it on your Weber. Okay. Finish it on the green egg. Finish it on cast iron skillet. Whatever you want, you're going to just sear to brown and crisp the outside of it. And then once I get done with that, then I will just take butter and let it just melt over top of it. Oh, my. Tell me the kind of butter, though, because I. Kerry Gold, man. Kerry Gold. There it is. Love it. Marigold. Kerry Gold. Oh, the Irish. Irish. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. But here's the cool part with the sous vide. Uh, so. Pulled the steaks out, seared steaks for people that were there. About 45 minutes later, another couple showed up. In general, you would, they would normally have to eat a steak that's not fresh. Yeah. I pulled it out of the water bath, seared their steaks for them 45 minutes later, and they had fresh steak like it had just prepared. Then an hour and a half later, another couple showed up, 
pulled another two steaks out of the sous vide bath. So everyone got except for super inconveniencing you. They all got exactly what they were hoping <laughs> for. Perfect. I bet you loved it. I love it. No, I love yeah. it. Yeah, because it's like everyone got like it just came off the grill just for them personally, and that's just sous vide is just unfair. It's, it's like it's easy and unfair. It's, it's a new advantage to being fashionably late. I've I so I've heard of sous vide, but I've yeah. never known. How how big of a potential is? Have yeah. you heard of it, Garrett? No, not like cooking like this. Yeah. No. This yeah. this is a game changer in the kitchen. I mean, in industrial kitchens, you hear about them doing it all the yeah. time for a lot of different reasons. For, for I mean, at home, you just it's, think it's going to be another contraption. But if it gives you this kind of advantage, yeah. I, I think you got to look at it. Yeah, totally. I saw it in the movie uh, Burnt with Bradley Cooper, uh-huh. and they it used it back in there. the kitchens. They used those sous vide bags yeah. with the with the water and such, and and that's the first time I had seen it. But now they've they've turned. You know, we can have them now. And I just showed Garrett. There's one on Amazon. Amazon, there's like 80 bucks, 80 bucks for us for a sous vide wand and the, the whole shebang. Is that the Anovo? Uh, let me pull it up here. It is the the W A N C L E. Okay, there's a sous vide <laughs> wand, it's about 80 to 90 bucks from, okay. from Anovo that's really cool because it has a Bluetooth app, like we Hunter's talking about earlier. Yes, where you can actually just see it from your phone, the temperature and things yeah, like that. Yeah, it tells so you when really to pull cool. it out. Anovo, here it is, and it's uh-huh. 8675. Yeah. I see it right here. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Man, it's something you got to look into, I think, particularly if you're going to get into this. Yeah. Yeah. I know that uh, we're running towards the end of the show here. So, uh, you know, we're talking. Well, can I ask one question? Absolutely. Yeah. You're talking about grilling. And you're talking about the big green. Uh, there's a, you know, a yeah. big one between, uh, you know, pellet grilling yeah. or whether or not you want to do the yeah. big green egg, which, yeah. I mean, my gosh, they're amazing, amazing grills. What kind of wood would you prefer if you had your druthers in terms of That's a good question. Wood? I typically use apple, cherry, or pecan. Okay. Any I don't do the traditional why? mesquite or hickory. I like the sweeter or the nuttier. Okay. Yeah. You think it flavors the food I think, more? I do. I like it. Okay. Yeah. I've heard apples for a frequent yeah. mention, but yeah, you, you're right. The hickory yeah. comes up a lot too. Sometimes it's too intense on certain meats. Okay. It overpowers it. Yeah. And, uh, about grills, that's a whole other discussion between charcoal versus gas. Sure, yes. versus it is a big, it's, big it's, conversation. Yeah, yeah. But but I own all three, so I can you know it's depends so, on yeah depends on what you're cooking. So Strikes your fancy. You've done pork. You've done ribs. Yeah, you're brisket. In brisket. Yeah. What's next after beef? Are, 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 he, have you, he has just recently started doing goose. Yeah, goose is oh, amazing. Wow. Yeah. Now, what's crazy on goose? Have you ever had goose? Yes. Yeah. Okay. My brother raises geese, which okay. is another. Awesome. I never had. <laughs> I never had it until not too long ago. And if I went to somebody's house and they said, "Hey, here's some steak for you," I would have. I wouldn't know it was goose. I mean, it You're literally. Kidding. It tastes just like beef. Like wow. It really does. It's and crazy. you 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 cook it like you cook the the goose breast like yeah. beef. You can serve it rare. I used to eat it at one thirty five. So mm-hmm. it was a medium rare. Yep. Huh. Yeah. Yep. I didn't know you could do that. No. I thought I thought goose was like a, a, a like like fowl like chicken or or anything else that it would taste like chicken. Well, I mean, it's a bigger it, bird. It so. is a bigger it, bird. It is, but it's it's a dark meat bird. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, Shannon, let me ask you this: When oh, here it is. That's brisket. brisket. That's brisket. He's showing me a picture here on his phone of his brisket, which looks unbelievable. Oh man, brisket! Now, was that sous vide? No. <laughs> no, it's not. That was just grilled on the trigger. Okay, gotcha. Oh. Or smoked on the trigger. Gotcha. How do you like your trigger? Just, um, I love it. It is super simple, uh, super easy. Um, so, like I said, I own regular, I own grass grilled mm-hmm. green egg and the and the trigger. If I could only own one grill and one grill only, honestly, it probably would be the trigger just because okay. of the, the actual ease of use. Yeah, now, that's it, exactly what I was going to ask I, about. I was, I was looking to yeah. pick one up. Everybody just says yeah. it's easiest just to pick it up and do. It, it. is not near smoky enough for me. Yeah, so when I'm doing brisket or ribs or Boston butts for pulled pork. Um, it's not near smoky enough, but there's a thing called a smoking tube. 
Uh, it's an elongated tube. You fill it with pellets. You light it on fire. Let it burn about a minute. Blow it out. You put it in there, and it slowly smokes. So uh-huh. you could take your Weber at home. Yes. And legitimately buy a smoking tube and get really good smoky flavored meat with that. Just do like some offset cooking. Just infusing cooking. smoke into infusing it. Infusing smoke you know. into it. So for the Traeger, it's not smoky enough for me. Mm-hmm. But because uh, it's non-fire, right? Like I mean, it's essentially. I mean, it, which it's using wood, but it's yeah. not. It's just not enough of it. Um, yeah. But the beauty of it with their app, uh, you can actually see your temperature. It alerts you when it's too low, when it's oh, too high. Okay, nice. And you change temperature. So literally. I actually live out Harrisburg Road side of town. I was at work at P-Rats over on uh, Mount Tabor Road. I'm looking at my Traeger app, and I had some turkey on there, and it was 185 just to get the smoke going for a while. From my app, I turned it up to 325 just to grill it. So I can control the temperature from your phone from your app. That is That's so why cool. if I had one grill and only nice. one grill, honestly, it would be a Traeger, I would say. But I love my Holland grill and I love my green egg as well. But I just don't use a green egg much. It takes it's just a lot of more work to it. But. So, so we're talking about cooking these steaks after you've taken them all out. From the time you have it all cut up to the time it's on the table, about how long are we talking about? Uh, if you're going to sous vide, uh, I would let it go, you know, hour to hour and a half. So once you cut it, uh, so once you cut it, you need to vacuum, you need to season it vacuum seal it, put it in the sous vide. So you'll be ready to eat in like an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes. Now that's if you're doing that method. Obviously doing steaks, you can just put it on a hot grill and let it roll and be done in 15 minutes or I mean in in, uh, 10 minutes, five minutes, seven minutes. Um, But as far as the other cooking method goes, uh, have y'all ever reverse seared? No. No. Okay. So sous vide is my favorite. Reverse sear is my next favorite. So reverse sear uh, is where you actually cook it low and slow. Where? On any grill. You can take your Weber, Take, uh, you, I've even reverse seared in an oven before because it was pouring down rain, didn't want to go outside. So reverse sear is where you will uh, put it at about 225 degrees, let it go. I cook it till about 120 degrees internally, pull it out. And then at that point, you do the sear in cast iron skillet or on an open grill. That's the reverse sear. That way you, you get more... Um, more of the same doneness throughout the whole steak. Seems like you're kind of locking in the flavors too and well, not like... So like I don't know if you noticed if y'all noticed when you had the steak tonight, from top to bottom, the whole entire steak yes. is the exact same doneness. Yeah, I did yeah. notice that. That's How the sous vide. It was perfectly That's cooked. The sous- so here's the thing. The whole entire steak looks like the inside when you pull it out of the sous vide bag. That's why you have to sear it to get the, to get the caramelization gotcha. on the outside. Gotcha. So think about you go to a restaurant and you order a medium steak. The center of the steak is medium. But the yeah. outside of it is well done. Well that's done. That's right. Yeah. That's we, why, we talked about that. <laughs> that's why sous vide is my most preferred. Is it literally the whole entire steak, top to bottom, is the exact same doneness, and you only sear the outside. Reverse sear gives you closer to this performance. Your traditional sear of sear it, sear it, then cook it the rest of the way, you get more of that well done on the last you know quarter of the beef, third of the beef, and just the center is the, where you want it done. It is, is, is the doneness that you want. Gotcha. So, Guys, Kenny Mills. Thank you so much for coming in. Appreciate it. This was huge. Um, uh, I have so many friends that I know are going to benefit from this. They are meat lovers. They are grill lovers. And it's just they're smokers, barbecuers. And if they have that extra fridge, it's not hard. It's not hard. It's no. It just takes time and a little bit of forethought. Yeah. And if they have the extra fridge in the garage. That's way better than using the main fridge in the kitchen. So extra fridge in the garage with 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 the actual dry age bags, right. you're good and to go. Next time you upgrade, maybe instead of 
you know, tossing out the old fridge, maybe just put it in the basement and dedicate yeah, it to exactly. something. Absolutely. Exactly. You can always use a fridge somewhere. Yeah, yeah well, true. <laughs> <laughs> guys, my name is Joey Police. This is the Topic of Choice podcast. It's brought to you tonight by uh, Photography by Hunter Drake. If you need your photography uh, headshots, senior shots, portraits, go to photographybyhunterdrake.com. Also by jpwebdesign.us for your websites. Uh, Kenny, Shannon, thank you. Garrett, Hunter, thank you guys. Go to wherever you find your podcast. You can download, subscribe, and rate us.